I'm Hannah Croft. And I'm Ava Truckee, and this is Feed Me Your Stories. A show about food, pleasure, and community. Hosted by two best friends who don't have inside voices. Hi, Hannah Croft. Hi, Ava Truckee. Remember the time that you sent me a text message as, like, context partially to our relationship and partially to the fact that your partner is currently at home in a work training. And so you told me that I couldn't holler when I got here. Yeah, it was, I felt like it was an important boundary to set because usually you walk in my house and you're like, hi, I'm here. Oh my God, you're hollering and he's on a call. Um, see, the door, see, we don't have inside voices. We don't have inside voices. And that's so that's part of who we are. That's like our, it's like our aesthetic. Yeah. I used to get in trouble a lot as a kid. Big same. Yeah. My dad would be like, Hannah, you're not at summer camp. Like, Use yeah, your inside voice. <laughs> yeah. Or talking too much in class. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Disruptive little baby hand. Well. Well, anyway. Now now we're here. Now and we're, we're talking, still noisy as fuck. <laughs> we're still noisy as fuck, but we're talking in these nice measured tones. Yeah. I hope this is... And it's soothing. Is this, like... This is as close as it's going to get to Ira Glass's voice, you know? Yeah, this is all I have. Yeah. And 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 it requires, like, a, a certain amount of um, being conscious for me. Yeah. All right. All right. Anyway, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Um, I am, for one, thrilled that, that the podcast was, like, restructured and redone. And... If you listened to the podcast that I did previously, number one, Hannah wasn't here all the time, so it wasn't nearly as good. Number two, it just wasn't nearly as good because you weren't here. So it's the same thing, one and two, those are the same. I know. I didn't have a two. It, that, that was <laughs> it, <laughs> so it was just the one. I um I think that this is very much in alignment of a lot of our like relational dynamic in being friends um and i think that there's going to be a lot of carryover here and i think that um how we show up in our in our day-to-day in our lives and in our communities this is just uh you know now people can listen to it instead of just watch it yeah welcome to the hannah and ava show (laughs) it's only a matter of time before we overshare here oh yeah, that actually should be in the show notes. Like <laughs> disclaimer, disclaimer. <laughs> we probably talk about you. Yeah, at some point. <laughs> Anyways, um, I'm I am thrilled to be able to have a space that kind of encompasses all of the things that we love. Um, partially due to what you do for a living, also what I do for a living, um, and like get to get to call in and pull in some of our community and like the folks that we love there too hell yeah yeah um without like you know interviewing you but kind of interviewing you mm-hmm. um what's up with your food story my food story yeah where, where'd you start where, where did uh, you become when did baby hand become a foodie i'm so sorry i said that i won't i won't say foodie again um you probably will I that's okay yeah, but um so my first my first food memory is very distinct um, and it's in the house that I lived in until my brother was born. Um, Good old Sawyer. Old Sawyer. Uh, my dad was the maitre d' and later the wine buyer at this like fancy restaurant in Sonoma. So he worked nights, and so often my like my mom would come home from work, or my dad would like make me lunch on his way out the door. So my the most like vivid food memory of my childhood is microwave fish sticks. That's a vibe. Yeah. Um, Not even like crisped in the oven. Were microwaving fish sticks? I'm pretty sure they were. I was like four. You know. They like, were like you're good. Yeah. Just eat it. They're like yeah. You're fine. Um, <laughs> she doesn't know. It was that, and then um, microwaved quesadillas. Oh. With ketchup. Okay. Yeah. Okay white people yeah um but i feel like my relationship with food really shifted when i was in second grade my dad transitioned from working nights like working a more regular nine to five Mm -hmm. um and he would come home and he would cook and that was like the thing all of a sudden i was like eating so many different foods i was trying new things um 
I was a brat about eating a lot of certain things. I was like a picky eater as a kid, but I just like, I think from then on, I kind of started to notice this pattern that food and cooking were the places where, like that was where my dad came after a stressful day. He like came to the kitchen and he just like cooked his heart out and made us these like delicious meals on a random Tuesday. And that was really therapeutic for him. That was the place where he could like quiet his mind and just like be in the zone. Um, And that just like became a really important part. Like it made me excited to be home for dinner. Yeah. Um, And my family has all, we always ate dinner together. Even if like I had night practice or my brother had a game that ran late. Like, it didn't matter if we were eating grilled cheese sandwiches at 9 p.m. We were an eat-dinner-together family. Um, And that has always, like, that remains something that's really important to me, is, like, eating a meal together. Yeah. Um, I think where I, like, really started to learn to love cooking was through baking. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, I was, like, really broke. (laughs) shocker it was a broke teenager weird same um and i could never afford to buy my friend's birthday presents and so i would make them mix cds and a batch of chocolate chip cookies yeah and my mom my parents got like a new oven i remember when i was in middle school and it had a convection feature and it made the most perfect chocolate chip cookies and they were like they were perfectly crunchy on the outside and like gooey and melty in the middle and it was just heaven and like no other oven ever makes cookies like that like it has to be a convection bake Mm -hmm. um but I like baking was kind of my first foray into into being in the kitchen and feeling like it was a space that I was comfortable in um and I was very confident that I had a secret my family had a secret chocolate chip cookie recipe that was like handed down Mm -hmm. um because my mom was like don't share this with anyone ha 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 um I learned like probably 15 years later that it was the Mrs. Fields chocolate chip cookie recipe um, um, ironically enough, this is not the first time that I've heard that, like amongst family members, yeah. like that yeah. folks are like, oh my God, I have like this, you know, it was my great, great grandma's It's literally recipe. an episode of Friends. Is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And then they like find out that it's actually It's like just... the Nestle Toll House, like the chocolate chip <laughs> bag <laughs> recipe. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, and then I think my, like my partner and I cook together a lot and that's mm-hmm. really been like a cornerstone of our relationship is cooking together and cooking for each other as both like an act of love and an act of connection um and my favorite 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 thing to do is is feed people of all time of all time big same that's that's why we love each other right like give me a group of people who are hungry and like some random pantry staples and let me just add it that's like that's so fun to me. Like, I don't like a puzzle, but that's a puzzle that I love. Yes. Amen. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which. Yes. Um, we love a simple food vibe. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. We love just quality and simple, and that's really all you need. Mm-hmm. It's summer. We love the summertime. Mm-hmm. There's so much good produce available to us right mm-hmm. now. Kind of. I also, I'm segueing a little bit, but do you ever think about... I mean, I'm sure you do because you're from California. When I see specifically fruit, um, you know, and people are like, you know, Colorado and 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 it's produce season, it's and peach blah. season. Yeah, and I'm like, no, okay, we have peaches. The end. <laughs> I mean, I like see like folks with like, you know, like hella citrus posts and like all of these like beautiful berries and variations, and I'm like, well, for two months out of the year you can get peaches here so yeah i think top that moving from california to colorado really shifted the way that i think about produce because so many things are abundant and available all year round in california right i could i could be like oh i want a peach and like that peach is definitely going to be better in the summer but i can still buy a peach in like february and it's not going to be garbage and it's not going to be disgusting it's not going to be as satisfying as a season peach but it's going to be available And I have definitely, like, it's taken a while to shift my perspective from, like, a scarcity mindset, I think. Like, when when it's strawberry season in California, (laughs) it's like, okay, we have the entire summer to eat as many strawberries as we want. And, like, 
they're so juicy and delicious. And here and it's like, like, you can get cherries for two days. Exactly. <laughs> and so, and so I feel this like intense pressure to be like, oh my God, I have to take advantage of it. everything that I have to make involves right. peaches like, right I now. I have to only eat peaches for two weeks straight because yeah. I'm never going to be able to eat peaches again. Pretty much. Um, Anyways, on that anyway, note, what yeah. is, in in terms of produce, and it doesn't have to be produce, but uh, what's your most favorite thing that you've eaten recently? Oh my gosh. Wait, have I already told you about the squash blossoms we made this weekend? No, I did see them on social media, okay. but no. So, um, we bought squash blossoms at the farmer's market from our friend Jade. We love Jade. We love Jade. Shout out to Jade. Shout Our out to homie. Jade. Yep. Um, Minaru Farms. Brighton. Love, love. Anyway. Love. Um, not sponsored. Not sponsored. <laughs> um, we stuffed squash blossoms with, uh, we used a recipe from Jonathan McFadden or Joshua McFadden's Six Seasons cookbook, yeah. but we tweaked it to be more our vibe. So it called for ricotta and we used goat cheese. Um, it called for pine nuts, but we're poor. So, uh, we used pistachios Jeez. from the Costco bag. Obviously. I love that for you. Um, but it was stuffed with goat cheese, pistachios, a bunch of herbs, sun-dried tomatoes. Yum. And, like, to get it the consistency of, like, soft, like, kind of whipped ricotta, mm-hmm. I just put good olive oil in there yes. to kind of, like, thin it out and, like, a little lemon juice. And then we fried them in uh, the batter from the cookbook. And it was, oh, my God, they were so delicious. The batter, like, my partner fried them so perfectly. Liam knows what he's doing. He got this... You know the thermometer that he has for the pizza oven. The bee boop. The, the yes. laser thermometer. It's a laser beam. Um, it's really helpful for frying and it, like getting oil temps. So cool. I'm like, oh my God, this is so great. But he fried them so perfectly and they were so like like hearty and delicate at the same, same time. Same time. I love that about squash blossoms. Oh my gosh, it was so, so, so delicious. And now we're like, all right, every week at the market until we can't buy them anymore, we're buying squash Sa- blossoms. Same, like scarcity thing though, yeah. especially with those. And with Jade's, you know, I mean, it's not like she, she, I, she doesn't do it on her own, but she does it on her own yeah, in a lot totally. of ways. It's Jade's farm. It's not like this huge operation. Right, right. Um, and those squash blossoms are one of the first things to go yeah. every week. Yeah. And I still, this is my second year vending at the market with her. And, um, and I still have not gotten squash blossoms. All right. Well, yeah. we're going to change that this weekend. We're going to get some squash blossoms, and we're going to eat them. Saturday, it's going down. Yeah. I even have leftover filling that I popped in the freezer, so... Yeah. I feel like we should have to now. Okay. It's a sign. It's a date. Um, I think that folks are going to quickly see that we piggyback off of each other in a lot of ways, but also, specifically... Also, it's not clear, both of us have ADHD, and we go in 80 million directions all the damn time. All of us both have... All of us all both of us have... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was going to drag myself, um, and but I didn't need to. Did. Yeah, but now I don't actually need to, because <laughs> that was a say-no-more fam kind of a moment. Anyways, look, we're getting back on track. Um Food and community. I think that's what, you know, in a lot of ways, that's what this podcast is going to kind of center around. Mm -hmm. But we talked about, um, you know, like you've talked about cooking for your partner or with your partner, Liam. What, how do you think that food shows up in your, in your role in your community, in our community? Mm -hmm. I like... I think one of my favorite experiences is, and we've had this conversation somewhat recently, but, like, I love no-knock friends. Yes. I love friends who don't knock when they come to my house, Mm -hmm. who just feel, like, so at home in this space. I'm coming on in, and I'm probably hollering while I do it. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, Like, you do that. I have, you know, there's a couple people here who, who do that with our house, and I love that. And I think that part of that is because we go out of our way to create a space where people just feel like they're coming into their own home. Yes. Um, and that feels really important to me. Same. Um, I always, I always wanted that as a kid. Me too. I always craved that. And, um, I was always really jealous of people who had friends who just like walked into their house. And they were just like a staple, like, right. the, like the fixture friend. Or just like the extra kid. Yes. Um, and I think that food is kind of the way that I've, I've tapped into that and access to that. Totally. Um, 
it's the way that I express gratitude. Like big same. Yeah. If I'm, you know, like my, my brother, bless him, has like taken care of our dog so many different times. And most of the time we can't pay him with money, but we pay him with food. And like, we have Sunday night dinners where my brother and his girlfriend come over and we all like, we either cook for them or we do like a cooking class with them. And it's really fun and it's a great way to connect. Um, and it's like, look, look, let me love on you. Right, exactly. And I don't know, there's just like nothing better than having a bunch of people gathered around my table eating together and like making food memories. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. I, we do that a lot together. Um, and so, I, you know, I get to be a part of that, but that's also, yeah, if I'm feeding you, if I'm, if I'm, as I'm <laughs> that's mean, and I, I'm not going to say that as I say, if I'm not feeding you, I don't love you. That's not always, that's not always the case. <laughs> um, but like, if I'm feeding you, then you like know without a shadow of a doubt oh, that, yeah. that I love you. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I'm not like having you come over and to feed you if you're not like family to yeah. me. Yeah. Um, and I think it's like, I think as also like a, like a neurodivergent person, Sometimes I get really overwhelmed if I'm in group settings, if I don't have something to do. do. Yeah, like a and task. So, like cooking for people, it keeps me both like grounded and present and... Make- I got to sneak off to the kitchen. Bye. Right. <laughs> like if I need a second to breathe or if I need like five minutes by myself, I'm like, all right, I'm going to go into the kitchen. Everybody else get out. Yeah. Right. Or like if I'm feeling or if I'm seeking connection I can be like will you come to the kitchen with, with me? me yes right? it feels like a space where I both like very much enjoy my own company and I enjoy the company of others and I don't really have a lot of spaces like that agreed yeah, yeah. it's a both and sure is it sure is yeah do you feel like there are do you feel like you use food um in any like different or maybe not as What's the word that I'm looking for? Not normal. Typical? I don't know. Do you feel like you use food in any ways other than what other folks are doing? I guess, like, I feel like the way that I approach food is really, like, in line with my values and with, like, my politics. Big same. Like, I am absolutely, like, a collectivist above all else. And... You know, it's, like, really hokey, but they say, like, when you have more than enough, build a longer table, not a taller fence. Like, But for real. That's, like, really how I feel. Um, like, we have a garden in the front yard, and we always have more than enough. And usually we'll, like, put out a... We have, like, a tree stump out there. Yeah. And usually we'll put, like, a basket on the tree stump of overflow produce. And just, like, to take To share it. with people. And it's, like, take take the food. Well, and what... Well, like, just a couple of weeks ago, there was something that I made, and I still, you know... T- Two years after being a single parent, I still rarely know how to cook for, you know, oh, like yeah. a grown ass mouth and then like a semi grown mouth and then a child that eats like a bird for the most part. You know what <laughs> hey, I mean? Right, and right. so like it's like I now I have you know, dinner for us, leftovers for tomorrow, shit in the freezer, and there is still leftovers. So it really is like who's coming over to get leftovers. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it's like I think <clears throat> I think the idea of like collective care and give and take is really present in the way that I approach like food and gathering and community. Like if I'm inviting you over for dinner, yeah, sure, like bring bring me a bottle of wine. But that's not like but it's like, it's not like some we don't do like some weird <clears throat> like degul del delegated and regulated like spreadsheet of like and you're on this and like make sure you don't bring this it's like oh can i like pay you for this no i'm cooking for you you're coming over for dinner you're coming over for dinner i invited you don't be a ding dong and i know that like sometime in the near future i'm gonna go eat food at your house right and it's gonna be this like communal give and take that's like very fluid and like playful dare i say that it's just as it should be. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I feel like I have a very like anti-capitalist kind of like 
anarchist approach to food to, and how we I feed like people yeah. yeah i mean that's like without a shadow of a doubt yeah. for sure that's like how we know so, i mean when y'all just came over last weekend you know somebody like well what you know i'm happy to pay you or like and i was like what that's ridiculous what yeah i mean i'd be at your house laying on your couch eating chips and salsa in two weeks right exactly and like raiding your fridge who yeah. cares yeah um you are a pleasure centered do you know that it takes a lot of brain waves for me to say pleasure centered um on a regular basis i gotta think hard before i execute that guy but do you just get tongue-tied is yeah. it a tongue twister for you yeah kind of but oh, why wow well, <laughs> it's not it's not hard words words are hard but those are not yeah well, really hard you know, everybody has their everybody own, everyone has their everybody has their shit that's mine yeah. um but what what does pleasure mean mean to you um pleasure feels good like period at the end of that and we're moving on no i'm just kidding that's literally it um i a lot of people who come to me are looking so from my therapy practice not like who come to my house House. um there's a very distinct (laughs) separation of church (laughs) and state um i i like to practice ethically um just so everybody knows um but for me pleasure is the just like okay that feels good to me and i'm gonna let that feel good and i'm gonna do that and people who come to me as a as clients are often like i don't i forgot how to feel good yeah right like capitalism has done so much to make us feel like we need to earn feeling good or earn pleasure but like by virtue of being a human you are deserving of and entitled to feeling good and feeling pleasure yes and that's i think a lot of people when they hear pleasure they think sex Oh, well, I'm really yes. glad that you brought that up because that was going to actually be the next thing that I said or ask you was I think that so many of us are not you and I, us, right. but I think that what I'm grateful about this podcast and doing it with you specifically is for the folks that maybe can't access pleasure as easily or mm-hmm. it feels really hard. You know, there right. are so many folks out there that have tethered sex and sexuality to the idea of pleasure. And also, and like, like, it's not deservingness and pleasure. Exactly. Right? And but, like, that's not, like, sure, pleasure, yeah, yes, yeah, it great. pertains to sex and sexuality and, and sexiness. It's so and it's so much more expansive. And I mm. really hope that folks experience that. I here, hope so too. You know? I think it's really crucial right now, especially, like, I think it can be difficult for folks who are like it's difficult right now to find hope and joy yeah right across the board across the board (laughs) that's difficult and it's increasingly more difficult as we like look at intersectionality and different like marginalized identities and because it is hard to find right now it's extra important that we give it the time of day that we give it the time of day and that we are like standing in and standing tall in like I deserve this and I'm yes Mm -hmm. I'm gonna like bathe in it right and access it in like whatever possible way I can yeah like to me pleasure is like like delight in 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 big huge things and also like the itty bitty right like I find I find pleasure in like I'm burning my favorite candle right now. I find pleasure in that smell. I find pleasure in um like hearing Ava's kids refer to my partner as Uncle Liam. I I find pleasure in sex, absolutely. And I know that there are so many other ways to tap into that. And I think sometimes I think that like the reason that I exist in this moment in time is to like support people and giving themselves permission to access to access pleasure a million percent a lot of different ways i mean i think that there is like multitudes here i think that there's more to than just that but i can personally say from my experience in being your friend that without a shadow of a doubt that is like for sure and sometimes i still do you know it's easy to say um I'm deserving of X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. Uh, We often talk about how maybe our bodies and brains know things, but our bones don't know Mm -hmm. it. And even still, like, sometimes I need the reminder of, like, 
that's allowed to feel good. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, oh, yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. And, like, there should be something, like, fun just for the sake of, like, fun and pleasure in every day if we can access that. Without like, without being like, you know, like, how do I owe, who do I owe or... Right. Yeah. And, like, certainly there are lots of systems that try to take that away from us. And I won't, like, I'm not foolish enough to think that everybody has access to pleasure every day every waking moment of their lives but ethically like philosophically for me that is when i imagine like a better world it is a world where people have access to pleasure in a way that works for them and it's not something that is like contingent on productivity right like contingent on making enough money right it's just like oh, this is part of, like, I have to eat, I have to drink water, I have to, you know, take a shit, and I have to do something fun. The end. Right? Like, I have to do something that feels good. Like, that's, like, part of survival. Right. And it is part of survival. It is. I, I could get in the weeds on this we, forever. We could just, we we're gonna, the good news, everybody, is that this podcast is literally about how food and pleasure intersect and what does that look like to you? How, how do they intersect for you specifically mm. in the Croft Donovan household? In the Croft Donovan household. Um, if I've had like a really hard day at work, I want to cook about it. Same. Like, even if it's, you know, I'm just like zhuzhing up some Annie's mac and cheese. Who gives a shit? <laughs> the act of cooking is so therapeutic for me. It's something that like demands my presence. And I feel, like, much more connected to my body when I'm cooking. Um, so, like, that right there is pleasure. Um, there is pleasure in eating. Yes. Okay. Yes. I just, like, that first bite of a really delicious meal mm-hmm. that you've spent, like, an hour making is so satisfying and so delightful. Um, the look on people's faces when you are feeding them food that you know tastes really good. And you know that they're just, like, so about it. Yeah. There's, like, literally nothing better. Um like I think of for me like the perfect example of like like the embodiment of food and pleasure for me is Samin Nasrat for sure um and I think very specifically of like in the Netflix show where she is um like tasting she's making focaccia in Italy and she's just like so giddy like putting the Getting dimples fingers in, in there. the focaccia yeah. with her fingers and like pouring this like delicious fresh olive oil over it and then like tasting the focaccia and just like the joy on her face like the embodiment of pleasure via food exactly or like her explaining and like learning how to make pesto with like the little nona in italy mm-hmm. and like ugh, like that is that's the relationship with food and with myself that I like strive for. Yes. I like, um, when I have conversations with Anaya who, who does love food, Mm -hmm. um, as you know, Anaya is my partner and, and loves to be fed. Um, loves a bougie meal Mm -hmm. doesn't love cooking the way that you and I, or, or that Liam loves cooking. And so, sometimes I need to geek out on food when we were in New York, you know, that's whatever, like with every restaurant. And it was like the, just the the very beginning of summer Mm -hmm. and like fire produce season. And we would have like a couple glasses of bubbles and I'd be like, and I want to do this this summer and I want to make this and I want to do this. Mm -hmm. And he was just like, yeah. Okay, cool. Also, this is so hot. Like, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hot to listen to you, like, geek out on food and, like, how much joy you bring, like, right. it brings you. And also, I'm not fucking making that, but, like, I'll eat it. Yeah. I'll watch you. Right. I'll go to the grocery store with you. And there's something, like, there's pleasure in that, too, in, like, for giving sure. space for our partners to, like, do the thing that brings them, like, brings them joy. Yeah. Right? Like, it is... I am not, I am not a bread baker. I do not have the patience for it. I like do not have the, I'm not interested in the like long haul process. And like the scientific nature that requires. Exactly. But Liam loves baking bread. Um, Again, our strengths. Like sourdough pizza dough. Um, He made sourdough dough or he's going to work on sourdough donuts right now. Like there's an, when I wake up and like walk into the kitchen and he is just like 
meeting the balls deep in, in, in ball like dough. elbow deep in dough, dough balls yeah i'm like this is so fun for me to just witness yeah and it's so exciting like i love when people info dump at me yes the thing that they feel really passionately about yes. like that's a love language of mine yes and i feel like being just kind of like bearing witness to somebody baking or cooking in a way that's like really joyful for them uh-huh. is one of my favorite agreed. experiences yes agreed yeah 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 here we are we've arrived we've arrived yeah at what's the destination <laughs> right here um also i just need to roast you for a second you have been fidgeting with a piece of licorice for the past half hour um for those of you who are also um neurodivergent (laughs) yeah so ava has taken a piece of australian licorice and has turned it into a fidget toy it's broken into three pieces um she didn't eat it because she didn't want to hear like chewing in the background of this recording right so i'm just holding on to them so for she's later. just playing with it L- um, just with the b- licorice bits i just want you to know that this licorice is 70 or seven dollars a pound 75 dollars 75 dollars a pound it's <laughs> caviar actually it's actually made out of caviar <laughs> um so i'm gonna you know, eat it you're gonna eat it hell yeah i'm gonna eat oh it oh my god that looks gross oh no i'm i'm so excited to eat this you're gonna eat it right now aren't you yeah they can listen to you too spit it out right now <laughs> I listened, just so everyone knows. I just think of, my dad has horrible misophonia. Like, he cannot be in the same room with loud chewers. You know, it really depends. And, like, some people are so about it. I mean, we could start charging people for, like, some ASMR shit. Yeah, and I know. My dad hates the sound of other people chewing, but one of his favorite things to do is give his dog apple slices so and listen to the crunch. <laughs> exactly. That's what that sounds like, in case any of you were wondering. It does. I did a good job, I feel. Yeah, you did a great job. Yeah. That was a really good Buster impression. Thank 10 you. out of 10. Thanks. Um, yeah. Here we are. Here we are. So let's uh this is this is what we call a role reversal. Are you are you turning the tables? I am I am turning the turntables. Oh. Um and now What a vibe. You're in the hot seat. Oh my gosh, I love a hot seat. Sarah. Sarah. In case you didn't know, Sarah's Ava's government name. It is. Sarah's uh, my first name. Ava's my middle name. Uh anyway, um what's your what's your food story, dude? <laughs> I asked like I don't already know it, but that's okay. I mean <laughs> I was thinking about this on the way over here, too, because similar... I mean, I feel like I have a bunch, right? I feel like I was definitely, you know, like a latchkey kid, uh, primarily raised by my single mom, who had me when she was 17. Um, And, like, food was not her forte. Um, She loved to eat, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, and and I do, I remember that, you know, when we talk about being able to witness somebody experiencing pleasure through mm-hmm. food mm-hmm. and that woman loved taco bell i mean like <laughs> loved crunchy tacos crunchy taco supreme no lettuce because i'm gonna just go ahead and say this in my opinion she was a little bit of a garbage person <laughs> she liked to save said crunchy tacos so that she could fucking microwave them the next day. So the woman was willing to... Oh my god, to, now I know where you get it from. Listen, oh, from being a garbage person? We can talk about that in a minute. Um, so not... So, like, she's ordering more crunchy tacos with the intention of knowing that she's going to warm them in the microwave the next day. But don't... You know, we can't have soggy lettuce on it, for fuck's sake. So make sure you leave the lettuce off. And I will never forget that. But, like... <laughs> And then her, like, reheating fucking crunchy tacos and still being like, yes. Yes, ma'am. This is so good. This is what I wanted. Yes. And, like, um, I had a lot of time on my hands in Mm. the evenings. And I grew up loving food. I I was not a picky kid. Uh, The only thing that I did not like was green bell peppers well, green bell peppers are the worst of all the peppers. It's true. So, that's so just so everybody knows. Um, I, that's, I will die on that hill. I will also die on that hill. I still feel the same way. I'll eat them now. But, I mean, it's anyway. it's not like they're amazing. Yeah. But I, you know, 
it was my responsibility to generally pull pull meat out before I went to school mm-hmm. and then figure out like a, a vibe for it in the evening. Mm-hmm. If, and sometimes my mom would come home and there was a lot of, you know, box macaroni and cheese fish sticks that I'm pretty sure she put in the oven. So she did do me that solid. Like we weren't working with a whole bunch of money, you know, yeah, like there yeah. was um, lots of canned green beans, mm-hmm. which I actually still have an affinity for to this day Mm -hmm. um but when she could that woman also loved a salad like a big ass salad and so i grew up who doesn't love an ass salad who doesn't love an ass salad (laughs) (laughs) riddle me this (laughs) and so were we eating like fresh produce every day no but we did when we could Mm -hmm. you know and and I, i truly believe that she did her best she was not a good cook and I loved to eat. And so when I would get home from school, I was not, I am white. I certainly wasn't eating quesadillas with ketchup, but you do you. Um, was, mine, again, I was a child. <laughs> mine, I also was high. I have learned better. Uh, since then, you're not yeah. still eating. So what my, my quesadillas were also microwaved because, again, garbage people, microwaving tortillas and cheese. But it was always... Uh, flour tortilla, slices of like Colby Jack cheese, mm-hmm. and medium paste picante. Mm. Mm-hmm. And just let it get nice and soggy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We'll do a little foldy guy afterwards. Um, but then that was like the afternoon snack, right? I would have to like get my strength up for the job of making dinner. Yeah. So I would have my snack and then we had like an abundance of cookbooks why did we have them was my mom using them no i don't know why we had them necessarily there they were but i was making my own shut up yeah yeah <laughs> so i have this very distinct memory of the first time being like i'm going off the rails <laughs> i'm doing my own thing and there i was with like an entire bottle of soy sauce Oh, yes. Oh, I know this and, story. And the chicken breast, there was a pot involved. There was some chicken breast in the bottom of it. Um, the woman had like f- fresh ginger. I remember that. Mm-hmm. And so that was a vibe. So some of that went in there. And then just an entire bottle of soy sauce, which I then proceeded to poach the chicken breasts in just soy sauce i mean i'm talking all the way up to the you know the whole bottle so somebody do the math on how much that's a lot yep and uh, that's salty that's and god bless my mom um we certainly weren't throwing away what a pound of chicken breast right and so she came home and was like okay this is what's for dinner. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to like slice that up and uh, eat it with like that weird like stir fry veg mix, the frozen mm-hmm. with the crinkly cut carrots. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Mm-hmm. S- like a soggy festival USA. Yeah. And uh, soggy and salty. She was a she was a sport about it. Yeah. And I think that, that as gross as that was, um, I, you know, I think in that moment I was like fucking cool like you can get in here and like be like experiment and right does this work yeah uh it doesn't for anybody that's wondering (laughs) in case you were wondering you're not supposed to poach chicken in just soy sauce and only soy sauce only yeah so uh, 10 out of 10 don't recommend yeah yeah well that checks out yeah um i'm guessing you haven't eaten soy sauce poached chicken recently but like what is what is something that you've eaten recently that just like stands out God, what in have one I, way or another? What have I eaten? Um, I... You have eaten um, ice cream. <laughs> as recent as yesterday. Um, you know what I did do yesterday? Again. You made, you also, you made us dinner last week and it was incredible. And all of those foods were really good. So. Those were good. Yeah. Um, there is not quite a meal when you have had consumed 
too much tequila the night before and you finally are like on the come up and you're like uh-huh. you know what I'm starving right now. I could actually eat. I could actually, and not only could I eat, I'm going to like house this entire bowl of pasta. And so I went downstairs and, um, I was telling Anaya earlier in the day, I was like, do I want to make cacio e pepe? Do I want to make like a pasta pomodoro? I had a bunch of tomatoes from Jade. Seriously, this is not sponsored. We just, we just love, we just, we just love Jade. Um, and Jane, if you're listening, consider this a kiss on the forehead. Consider this a kiss on the forehead. So I went downstairs and I married them. I did like a hybrid pasta pomodoro yeah. and cacio, and it was that sounds really good. It was really good, actually. That sounds delightful. Yeah, I want to make. I, I need to do some fine tuning to her, mm-hmm. but um, I want to do that again. Yeah, and it made me think about um, food that is simple. Yeah. Know? but so good right it doesn't need to be fussy or have a million bougie components no. or techniques sometimes it's just like chopping some tomatoes and garlic and boiling noodles mm-hmm. amen mm-hmm. that's it amen yep um what like what role does food play in the way that you connect with community well i do it for a living <laughs> I know, but the folks, that, <laughs> the folks who are listening on the commute right now. Well, I, so I own a micro bakery here in Denver called Buttermoon Bake Co. And so I quite literally feed people for a living. I am a vendor at the City Park Farmers Market. And, you know, more, more than the baking itself or like recipe developing or by and large, like hands down, my favorite part is is the idea that I'm like feeding my community Mm -hmm. or like that's how I can connect with folks that I don't know. And I know that these people are going home and, you know, taking biscuits that they got and making breakfast with them the next morning Mm -hmm. and feeding their kids with them. You know, Um, I really do love that. And I also think, again, similarly to the things that you said, that's that's what I'm doing with people that I love, you know, and that's what I'm doing for my kids as, um, you know, sometimes if I am like a shitbag mom or I have like lost my patience and I need to have like a mom timeout, mm, that is like mm-hmm. my respite is yeah. like, to also be in the kitchen. Yeah. And it's kind of like a number one, we need to like do more than just, I mean, we need to like apologize, harm reduction, right? Like, right sorry right. for being a shitbag. But also, like, I took the time to make this for you because I love you, you know? And I needed to like, have a half hour to just like be by myself and cool off so that I could come back and enjoy this meal with you. Exactly. Yeah. We're having a parent timeout. Yeah. I love that for me. Yeah. Sometimes you got to put yourself on timeout. Yeah. And I think that, um, all, all the things that, that you talked about in terms of, you know, our, our community, especially like our queer community and just like what a like familial unit Mm -hmm. it has become Mm -hmm. you know like it's all like this group of no-knock friends and um something that i've been writing about recently is uh you know i mean for a long time i identified as like a hetero straight person you know and i have hetero friends but like there's no community like my queer community Mm -mm. you know and so yeah, I mean, if I'm, if I'm, those are some of my favorite memories, you know, when I oh, can look back on, especially like seasonal stuff, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, the beginning of, you know, like big gay dinner and I can still remember what we ate and like the shit that we laughed about. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, that's, that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm feeding my community for a living. And also that's how I, that's how I like ground down with y'all. Yeah. That it's like, it's like we said like it's a source of connection it's a source of community it's like an excuse to gather right not that like we need excuses to gather but some it feels a little bit more accessible for folks that have a hard time accessing pleasure because they feel like they need to totally right and like i i love um i love what priya parker writes about in the art of gathering as like every gathering needs to have some kind of like center point or anchor right and like ours is always food <laughs> um, literally always always and it's like a vehicle for everything else right 
Um, so in kind of like talking about queer community and the way that like food shows up there for you, is there anything else or any other ways that kind of like your worldview impacts your relationship with food? I think, well, people are going to be like, you can't just steal each other's thing constantly. Are, do you guys have like a mind of your own? And the answer is yes. Yes. And <laughs> yes. And this is like, and this is also uh, why we love each other is yeah. that like we, yeah, like have similar, similar views, you know, when we think about how we show up in, in our politics and, you know, how, how we view community or how even like we view co-parenting my kids together. Right? Right. Like, I think that, um, I think that it is like, just kind of at the end of the day, like centered around there's a seat at my table for everybody. Right. Let me feed you. Like, oh, you have COVID and you're dying. Let me bring you hydration things. Mm-hmm. You had a shitty day. Like, come over and I'll feed you. Right. When I couldn't feed myself because I was hella sad, like, that's what you did for me was feed me. You know, and I think that something that I was personally raised with was we shouldn't be like like blanketing or like we shouldn't be soothing with food you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. you got to have like other tools which yes and yeah. like i i understand that and also like fuck off like sometimes yeah. there really is no other no you have to have a fucking milkshake day like sometimes i have to take my kids to just like walk down the hill and get ice cream because we're gonna have fucking ice cream about it and i want them to access that too is that like your only tool in your toolbox no but but also like you are not in the business of denying the pleasure that comes from food never right like there's there's never going to be like a you're never going to say like no you can't have that because you yeah you didn't run long enough today or some some dumb shit yeah i feel like the pleasure like this pleasurable relationship with food is absolutely contradictory to like anything diet culture has ever like given us and i can't wait for this to be a whole episode oh yeah absolutely yeah. More on that later. More on that. Cliff, cliff, um, ellipsis. So then, like, <clears throat> you were sa- you're saying, like, you don't deny the pleasure of food. Like, if if you need ice cream about it, you're gonna get you're gonna eat ice cream. About we're gonna it. have a milkshake day, right? How how else does like food and pleasure kind of intersect for you? Um, Zara Tangora, who um, you showed her to me. Oh, um, that's my favorite podcast. Processing. Yeah. Um, she's a brilliant podcast host and and hosts it with her her mother bobby and their podcast actually centers around they're also a chef and a therapist oh my god wait that's really cute anyway um, continue they uh also not sponsored also not sponsored we really just genuinely listen to this um zara was talking about you know how how sadness lives like in her stomach And also, so does joy. Yes. Right. And so, like, if and I, I mean, as soon as she, yes, I know that, but it was like she put language to it, and I was like, yes. Mm -hmm. Like, if I'm so sad or super fucking anxious, I'm not. I'm number one. I'm not eating, and I certainly am not accessing pleasure through food right Right, like if i'm eating it's nut thins out of a box and it's like for it's 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 yeah it's like to sustain for a moment like it's just to make sure we don't die and that's about it but on the other hand you know joy lives there too right and so if i'm hella happy or i'm so excited i want to share great news with you i I'm starting a new project. Like, I want to go eat about it. I want to yeah. go eat and drink about it. Yeah, like, absolutely. I want to, you know, and I love that, um, I love so much that my partner is just, like, so 
down for the ride. Like, isn't necessarily as geeked about yeah. cooking, but is it like geeked to be in the community. But every time that anything like fantastic happens, I'm like, I need to take you to dinner. You got a new job. Let's go to let's dinner. Go to dinner. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I, and I love, I so much love how like, yes, it, you know, some, some, there's an intersect with food there that maybe isn't always so great. Um, you know, if sadness and grief live in our, stomachs specifically mine for mm-hmm. sure but like joy does too yeah so i want to eat about it yeah 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 what else can we celebrate yeah right like <laughs> when's chesler's birthday <laughs> um chesler's birthday chesler's a dog for the record for yeah people the, are like oh the folks at home um we don't know when chesler's birthday is we it, you know what it's but, so, but sometimes i week. maintain i maintain that chesler is an aries oh all right I feel like we're we're kindred spirits. Maybe it's his half birthday coming up soon. <laughs> Your kid's birthday is soon. We I'm can sure. eat about that. We can eat about that. Yeah. Liam started a new job today. We can eat about that. We can absolutely eat about that. Yeah. Anaya starts his new job in like a month. Yeah. We have so much to celebrate. Yeah. I'm taking my um, clinical exam soon. We're going to eat about that. We're for sure going to eat yeah. about that. Hopefully with the happy eating. <laughs> but Yes. It better be happy eating. I'm not paying... Three hundred dollars to fail a test, and I'm not. Um, I'm. I'm really trying to avoid just like throwing that things at your face yeah. and being like, "Eat this, um, eat this anyway, for the living." Um, is there anything else that we feel like you know? As this is our kind of like introductory episode, is there anything that feels important to share with um, the folks who are listening to this? This is our first episode, so likely the folks who are listening to this are like that's why I'm like our friends and maybe my mom. <laughs> I'm all, are there any questions in the crowd? <laughs> um, no. If you have questions, <laughs> um, slide into our DMs. <laughs> you know what, though? Uh, on that note, you know, if you are somebody that is, like, in our community and not necessarily residing in Denver or even Colorado for that matter, but you're like, what about this? Or, like, have you considered interviewing this person? Or do you want to connect with these people? Yeah. If you have ideas, you know, I think that... In the same way that our relationship with food is communal, this this podcast is is also communal. Yeah, y'all got questions. Maybe we have answers. And if we don't, it'll still probably be fun. Yeah. So there's that. Um, Yeah, you can find uh, me on Instagram at AvaTrucky. You can find Hannah at the pleasure centered therapist did y'all get getch that's get we'll, and, we'll put those names in the notes Jesus, I'm, done, I'm done with words today I'm yeah done. all right well as you can tell we are losing steam <laughs> so i think it's time it's, we're gonna end on a high note i think we need to go get a snack oh yeah it's time i'm gonna eat my weird licorice <laughs> oh my god ew. look at that All right. All right. Well, until next week. We'll see you soon. Eat something delicious. Bye. 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 (laughs)